just want to read this morning from uh, Mark chapter 6, please, if you would, if you have your... your and I, I've gone all computerized this morning. So there you go, I'm getting really modernized. Mark chapter 6, chapter verse 30. My title is very sim- simple, and it's a follow-on to what we've been saying, is giving ourselves to the work of God. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Does that not sound good this morning? Does that not sound good? He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time for a bite of lunch. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And the people from many towns ran ahead of them along the shore and got there before the preacher arrived. Wow, that would be a miracle some Sunday morning in church. (laughs) That would be a miracle. Did you get that? They ran and got to the place where the preacher was going to be before he got there. It's a good start for the pastor this morning anyway. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to even earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, Jesus asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, and here's the interesting three words, he kept giving. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute to the people. I tell you what, that is a challenge in itself. God gives to us that we can give out to others all the time. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. Listen, a total of 5,000 men and their families were all fed as a result of that, because somebody was prepared to give. There are two classes or groups of people in the world, those that need to know Jesus and those that already know Jesus. Now, just take a moment and look around the folks around about you, and you will start to examine them, and you will categorize them, or you'll put them into a certain grouping of some sort. Dare I be naughty this morning and say there's the large and the tall, or the large and the small, even. There's the, I need to be so careful. The handsome. The handsome, and the not-so-handsome. Those with hair and those with no hair. Those that have got amazing wives. 
And if you're any politically sensible guys, you'll say you all have a gorgeous wife. And we can categorize people so easily in so many, many ways. But the simple fact of the matter is there are people who know Jesus and those who don't. We often speak of the necessity of spending time in God's presence. Because by doing that, by prayer, by Bible study, it's a way of getting to know him better. And and that's true in a sense. But this morning I want us to see just a slightly different of how important it is that we should give ourselves completely to the work of God. And it's really following on from a few weeks ago when I asked, what is it you've got in your hand that you can give God? What is it you've got that you can give God? Well, whatever it is, give it completely. Give yourself completely to the work of God. Throughout the scriptures, God encouraged his believers to persevere to the end. Those who persevere to the end shall be saved. Perseverance is a good thing. Stubbornness is not. All right? The disciples that we're looking at here this morning, they returned from what I call a spiritual high. But they were physically exhausted. And you know, folks, when you move in spiritual things, you can be spiritually high, but at the end of the day, you can be physically exhausted because you have given out. They were tired. They were crying out for sleep. And they wanted a bit of food. Your mind sometimes, or your body is shattered, but your mind is hyperactive. I've got a wife like that. There are many times when my wife says, I am shattered, I'm going to bed. We go to bed, and at two o'clock in the morning, her mind is super active, and I hear this little voice, John, are you awake? John, I need somebody to talk to. John, I know you're awake. I can tell by the way you're breathing. The hyperactive mind, and I'm saying, God, help her to sleep, because we're both tired, but it doesn't work. And sometimes when you are overactive, when you, people keep coming and going, and as a result of it, you just want to shut the door and, you know, tough them out. But God says, give yourselves completely, whatever the cost. Don't send the crowd away. Because if you remember that incident earlier on, we turned the phone off and somebody died as a result of it. That has lived with us all of our lives. There are folk out there that you and I need to touch with the love of Jesus Christ. And very quickly, you and I are his disciples. And the Bible says there that Jesus kept giving to the disciples for them to give to the people. Have you got it? And the more you give out for Jesus, the more Jesus will give you to give out. And there might be times when you're tired and you're exhausted and you just want to go and have a rest and relaxation and perhaps somebody has got there before you and by the time you get there, there's somebody in problems. But folks, that's what we're here for. To give ourselves to God so that we can give to other people. Have you been there? Oh, I have a number of times. Send them away, Lord. Shut the door. Turn the phone off. I've had enough of people. Of course, that doesn't happen in clinically, doesn't it not? None of you are like that there. But I want to tell you, folks, we need to just make ourselves available to God. 
however weary we are, however spiritually barren we might feel this morning, however little we think we've got to offer God, give it to him completely and see what he will do with you. And my first point, five points, and I'll go through them quickly, is to feel the heartbeat, the pulse of God. More than anything, I want to feel the pulse of God. I want whoever I speak to, whoever I come into contact with, to feel the heartbeat of God. Because when my heart beats in time with his heart, as we heard, we can turn clinically upside down or the right way around. Individually and corporately, we can turn this town upside down. It is amazing. You know, I've got a wee job with Harry Phillips, a wee part-time job, just three days a week. And mums and tots, Tuesday and Thursday, I'm out on Fridays, Sundays, and I'm shattered at times. And I just think, you know, I I was just speaking to Flora during the week there. Maybe next year I said to Flora, I think I need to cut down on the preaching out. And then I come in to get this here this morning. But Jesus had compassion for people. He just couldn't send them away. He didn't see them as a crowd curious for a miracle. It would be lovely if we had more miracles. I'd be curious for more miracles. But he was more concerned about the people because they were lost. They were people without a shepherd. And he needed to touch their lives through the disciples and through the miracles that he did. And folks, he still wants to do it through you and me. He still wants to touch clinically with the gospel that he has put into our lives. They need people, people with deep needs, as we've heard this morning. People who need healing and deliverance. People who need a hope and a future. And God gives it to us that we can give to them. Amen? And so don't hold back. And as I say it respectfully this morning. God's, people are God's most precious possession. Isn't they? He made us special and unique. In every way. He's concerned about every aspect of their life. And if we give ourselves to God and find his heartbeat first, we can touch others with the heartbeat of God. And you know, when your heart is pumping, you know, you, you can feel it without even, you know, putting your hand anywhere near it. And I say this morning, God wants us to feel his heartbeat that we beat with him. Okay? And whether we've got feelings of inadequacies, weariness, weakness, and all the rest of it, when our heart beats with the heart of God, that'll still be the case, but we'll still go on for God's glory and touch people's lives. Secondly, we'll see the purpose of God. God has a purpose and a plan. We've heard it so many times. And that plan is, is that, dare I say it, you and I need to take responsibility for the people round about us. It's been so much this morning. And, and it is, it's only one at a time. We'll not save thousands. We can't meet everybody's needs and all the charities that are begging for money and all the rest of it. We can't meet them all, folks. But folks, if we take on clinically one person at a time, you, you know, I don't know, there's 50 or 60 of us here. If only each one of us could win somebody for the Lord this year, we could double the size of this church. I found myself in a situation this week in Harry Phillips, a young lad by the, by the name of Hugh. We were talking, and I'm, they all call me the Rev down there. It's very, very few of them call me John. They all know me by the Rev. And I, yeah, I struggle with that a wee bit. But there we go. And this, the, the, the guy who is my main boss, he's already determined that I will do his funeral because he wants a happy, clappy funeral. <laughs> now he's about 20 years younger than me, so I hope I'm around for a long time. So, but we were talking to Hugh, 
And eventually, Hugh turned around and said, well, actually, he says, I was confirmed many years ago. And I suddenly thought, wow. And Mark immediately asked him before I did, well, what were you confirmed into? And the guy looked at me and Hugh said, well, I haven't a clue, actually. I thought, well, it didn't do you much good, did it? And we had an opportunity to talk. And I was able to say, no, we don't confirm people. We see people converted. That's the difference. That's God's purpose, is that men and women will be converted. And God purposely placed you and I in this place where you are in your college, your university, your place of work, the actual home that you live in, the neighborhood that you live in. And dare I say it this morning, God has placed you in the church that he wants you to be in. Now I've got to be a real pastor with a pastor's heart here. I am fed up with holy hoppers. hopping from one church to another because it doesn't suit them. Folks, I want to tell you something. God placed you and I in clinically. I did not want to come to clinically six years ago. I resisted it terribly. No, I had had enough of Wales. I had 12 years in Pontypridd. Three of them were horrendous. The other nine were very good, but I wanted nothing to do with Wales. And here I am, settled in Wales, loving it and enjoying it and working for God. Because God has a purpose. He placed us here for such a time as this. And you can say to me, John, I can't take the responsibility for everybody. I'm not asking you to do that. God's asking you to take them on one person at a time and clinically. Your neighbors, the people you work with, the people you go to college with, the people you go to university with. Take them on and touch them for the love of Jesus Christ. Okay? Take responsibility for them. Ask God day by day to lead you to someone to bless them. Someone who particularly needs you to meet with them and them to meet with him, as we heard from Bill. Ask God to place someone in your heart. Let him give you his burden. Let him give you his heartbeat. And I tell you, it becomes easier. Not easy. It's never easy. But it becomes easier because you've got the heartbeat of God. Amen? Ask him to pray for you. Folks, stop carrying burdens that God wants to carry for you. We carry burdens on our shoulders sometimes that God doesn't want us to carry. He wants to put his burden in our heart. What is it Jesus says? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's carrying the heartbeat of God. That's walking and seeing the purposes of God. And out of that, you'll experience the power of God. So you've got five Ps this morning, so they're dead easy to remember, all right? You'll experience the power of God. When we give ourselves to something, we experience something as a result of it in the natural But if we give ourselves to God, we will experience his power in our lives and to do amazing things. These disciples had had two days, it would seem, where they hadn't eaten anything. They hadn't had any rest. They hadn't had any sleep or anything like that there. But Jesus gave to them so that they could give to the crowds. And if you're tired and weary spiritually or physically this morning, get into the heartbeat of God. Get into the heartbeat of God. Get into the pulse of God. And he will give you the resources you need to do what he asks you to do. Amen? Our weaknesses doesn't prevent God moving in power among us. Doesn't. 
I've heard it said many times, he doesn't require your strength, he requires your obedience. He doesn't need your abilities, but your availability. Well, I'm not quite sure about that. But if we give him our obedience and our availability, he'll use our strength and he'll use our abilities. But we've got to give them. As we heard, I think you said this morning, it's, it's about giving to God. And when we give, God uses in an amazing way. We must determine to work more for the God and see his power moving in us. Hallelujah. Yeah. And fourthly, God has a plan. We'll see his plan unravel among the situation. Mark tells us that Jesus saw the multitudes. He had compassion on them. He had compassion. And folks, God looks at us and he looks at Clinetley. And if ever, I, I, I need to be so careful. Some of the folks that I ex- work with when we deliver cars to some of our customers, when I arrive at them, I think to myself, God help us. They can afford cars. They can afford drugs. They can afford other things. But sadly, when you look at them and you look at their home conditions, you think, wow, they've lost the plot. They've lost the plan. And my heart goes out to them when I see that. I actually had a guy in Port Talbot a few weeks ago. Stopped at his door and we were exchanging cars and we got talking. And I just... I don't know what made me say that. I said, well, why are you here today? Because an XTV lorry driver. He said, well, actually, he said, my wife is at the hospital turning the ventilator off on her, husband, her father. <laughs> I thought, wow. Just couldn't believe it. And I stood for about 10 minutes trying to talk to this guy about the love and compassion of Jesus. A plan and a purpose when you're open to God and God gives you doors like that there, you can't help but spending time talking to them. And who knows what God will do it. Jesus began to teach those people that were in desperate need about the kingdom of God. And I was able to talk to that guy just for a few moments that God had a plan and a purpose for it all. These people have been led astray by false teachings. The folks out there have been led astray. I tell you, some in the church have been led astray by false teachings. Some brought into bondage by the Pharisees. And Jesus begins to correct that. He brings them the good news. He brings them into a relationship with God. And there is nothing better as a pastor. There's nothing better for me even as a Christian before I was ever a pastor of seeing people coming into a right relationship with Jesus. It is amazing. It is exciting. It's exhilarating. And when you're tired, when you're shattered, when you're at the end of your dreams, and somebody says, I want an encounter with God, are you just going to say, well, that's too bad. I'm too tired. Go off. You know. No chance. No chance. And Jesus teaches them of the privileges. It's great to have the privileges of being a Christian, isn't it? I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, my home is in heaven. There's a Scottish chorus and an Irish chorus, and I love it. My home is in heaven just waiting for me, and when I get there, the rent is free. (laughs) Yes, all for that one, no problem at all. 
how happy I'll be. My home is in heaven. Hallelujah. I tell you, folks, we need to touch people with the love of Jesus Christ. We need to teach them the privileges, yes. But, folks, as Christians, we have responsibilities that we need to fulfill as well. And that is giving ourselves completely to the Lord. There are three points in this. He healed and ministered into their physical and spiritual needs. It grieves, dare I say it, I believe it does break the heart of God when folks are sick and they're ill and they're going through tough times, whatever their age. But there is something very special about the heart of God when he sees the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. Boy, Jesus, he couldn't stand it when he met with the Pharisees. They were watching him that on a Sabbath, now in those days a Sabbath was a Saturday, okay? So we're not going to argue whether it's Saturday or Sunday. Is that all right? Not worry about that. The fact was that Jesus was in the presence. He was in the crowd. And they were watching to see whether he would heal this man on a holy day. Well, can I tell you something? The better the day, the better the healing. Amen. And he was angry at their hard-heartedness. And that was bad enough in his enemies. But can I just say this lovingly this morning? It grieves the heart of God when he sees it in his disciples. And as a pastor, I have seen that hard-heartedness in people's lives who are Christians. And I want to tell you, folks, God needs to deal with that. If there is anything that will bring you into chains and bondage as a Christian, it's a hard heart. A stubborn heart. Stubbornness is not the same as rebellion. There's a difference. I, I, I need to be so careful here. Because my wife will tell you if you talk to her, Generally speaking, I'm quite easy going and relaxed. and <laughs> The eyes are going off already. But she says, John, when you really, really, really feel strongly about something, you know, she says, you can be stubborn. You can really put your foot down. And uh, I don't have to do it very often. But I tell you what, a real hard stubbornness, hardness of heart, God is when it's amongst his disciples. A guy by the name of A. Cole says this, to be hard-hearted is to be callous or cruel. But to the Hebrew, it meant a stubborn resistance to the purposes of God. It's the very opposite of the humility and gentle teachableness which God requires. I think that's amazing. Jesus was always tender-hearted to those who were in need. And as Christians, folks, we need to be tender-hearted. Perhaps the brothers and sisters in need, maybe had problems with or whatever, so that God will relieve them of that and bring them into a setting of worship where they can be set free. And he fed them spiritually and materially. And he gave abundantly. I love this, Jesus. The generosity of the heart of God. Five more minutes, Max, now I'm finished. What a miracle that was. And the disciples, I wonder were they conscious? 
as they gave out that bread that day. I wonder were they conscious that Jesus just kept giving and giving and giving. And to me, that is the heart of God. And whether we are in pastoral leadership or whatever part we play in the church, God asks that we will all have the same kind of heart. Come on, Bill. Amen. That all of us will have a heart that will just give and give and give. And out of that, we give God's love into those situations. Two very quick illustrations. Provided the oil for the prophet during Jerome's reign, so much that they continued, the, uh, uh, the containers ran out, they couldn't hold them. When he provided flour and oil for the widow in Elijah's time, it lasted through years of drought. We have a gracious God. He gives and he gives. Get involved in God's work more than you've ever done in the past, folks. God's looking for volunteers. He's looking for workers. The church is always looking for them. Am I right? Well, volunteer and give them. Lastly, we will have a greater perception of the person of God himself. Jesus is the bread of life. When we give ourselves to him, we can and we will be filled and satisfied. As we serve him, we will get to know him better, along with the other ways of getting to know him. We will become aware of what he desires to do among the folks we serve through us. We'll become more aware of what pleases him, and we'll become more aware of his power and authority and his great love for mankind. I don't know about you, but I want to feel the pulse of God. I want to walk in the purpose of God. I want to experience the power of God. I want to be involved in God's plan for bringing the whole gospel to the whole man. But above all else, I want to have a greater perception, a revelation of the person of God himself. 54 years saved and I still want to know more of God. I trust that is your experience this morning. So let's determine. Let's determine to listen, to spend time, to study, yes. But more than that, to roll up our sleeves and get involved in God's work. Dare I say it, in the church and through the church. Let's pray. Precious Lord. And I know time has flown by this morning. But if you this morning are someone, you, 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 you know, you're shattered physically, and as a result of that, you're shattered spiritually, it's not an easy prayer. It doesn't, you know, sometimes it does happen like that there. But folks, it comes to you and I getting into the heartbeat of God. And yeah, doing what Jesus did there, it may be that you need to find a quiet place. Get away from it all. Get out of the stress and the strain and all the rest of it. And I, I need to be careful here because I've heard too many Christians saying, I'm taking time out. That's not the answer. I'm taking time away from church. No, it's not the answer. It's taking time out of your busy schedule during the week and getting into the heartbeat of God and seeing what God's got for you. If you're one of those this morning, you're struggling as we've heard earlier, we would love to pray with you. And it may be that others might just need to go in next door. And the leadership will pray with you as you come to the front. But Father, I just pray this morning 
that as we see the disciples who are shattered physically and spiritually, and yet, Lord, you took them and you gave to them so that they could give out to others. Lord, I just pray that this morning you'll help each one of us, whoever we are, that we will give ourselves to the work that you've called us to in Clinically in West Wales here, that, Lord, that we will turn this town upside down, that we will take responsibility for our neighbours, for the people we work with, for the people we go to college with. Individually, we will pray for them and we'll ask you to give us that opportunity to speak to them and show them the love of God. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the folks here this morning. Lord, thank you for their willingness to listen to me. But Lord, I pray that they might have heard your voice speaking into their hearts and into their lives today. Thank you, Lord.